We've got your hoops fixed for another week on NBL Now. As always, plenty to get through. A couple of contenders are emerging. It's no longer Melbourne United at the top by themselves. The Perth Wildcats making a serious run at NBL 24. And a couple of teams got what they needed out of the weekend. Tassie, Brisbane, both in the top four. The Kings, still a couple of question marks. The Illawarra Hawks have taken a step back. And maybe a team that sat last all season, the Adelaide 36ers, are in the play-in mix. Let's get into it. It's NBL Now this Tuesday, the 23rd of January. Joel Peterson and Damon Lowry with you this morning. Good morning, Damon. JP, Feliz Martes. That's that's happy Tuesday in Spanish. Love that. I I, I'm, I learn something every time I jump on with you, Damon, and most of it has something to do with the Latin American language group, and uh, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to get I'll I'll find some Spanish for weekend winners. That's where we start these Tuesday shows. Uh, where are we going today? I can't go past the boys out west, the Perth Wildcats, man. They are just a snowball rolling downhill terrorizing small little villages. You got to get out of the way of them dudes, man. They are coming, and they're coming strong. They went, Brisbane came to town, and they beat them like they stole something. And then they showed up in Sydney, went to work, and, and told Sydney to have this L. Bryce Cotton is just playing outrageous basketball right now. He's just totally taking the P1 double five out of the league. He's playing with that nice little angry little chip on his shoulder. I'm loving it. The Perth Wildcats are rolling. So they're my weekend winners. Yeah, they're, they're just an, an unstoppable force at the moment. Offensively, defensively, they've really ramped it up. And Jack and Derek noted that on the moments that mattered on Sunday, that, that you know, there's a, the defensive plays that they're making at the moment that, that we wouldn't have seen from them earlier in the season. John Riley's done a great job flipping that rotation. And... As much as we talk about Cotton, there's guys that are making contributions to the further down the list. Hiram Harris is having an outstanding season, just does the little things. Ty Webster's now starting to get going, had another 20-point performance uh, against the Bullets. So they're getting more out of the, the depth that they've got as well as sort of the, the star at the top of the tree shining down upon everything. And don't forget, when they beat Brisbane senseless, they didn't have the number one draft pick, Alex Saar. They didn't have Christian Doolittle, and they still got it done. Hiram Harris is glue. He is just the absolute. He showed us glimpses of this in Adelaide, but this guy now is such a key component to this team. It's unbelievable. And Ty Webster, man, Ty is just playing with all the confidence in the world. Good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hiram Harris, we're going to have to call him Human Araldite or something because no one's breaking the bonds that he's putting into that team. He is... Uh, He's he's just he's been such a force for them since coming into that starting lineup, and of course it was after the first time they lost to Brisbane. John really changed things around, and uh, a massive win for them, a couple of massive wins for them at the weekend. Um, Derek Rucker said on moments that mattered on Sunday that he's got Melbourne and Perth essentially one A, one B, so becoming harder to split. How are you shaping those two up at the the top of the ladder? Obviously, there's still a, a, a game advantage to Melbourne United, but where have you got Perth if if a series started today and you had to sort of seed them out? Where would you have the Wildcats? It all depends on is JLA available. Melbourne United without JLA can't win the chip. They just don't. They need that depth. 
Ariel Hook Porter for all of his talent, for all of his hard work, his his work on the glass, his improved offensive game. That JLA is a piece that the United cannot afford to lose. They can lose a guard. They got a whole bunch of guards and wing players, but that piece is key. So if JLA is unavailable, and I'm sure he will be back, he's got some personal stuff he's dealing with. If he's back, I got Perth and Melbourne United, even Steven. Even Steven, because Perth is just on a roll. Can't remember the last time they lost. Actually, yes, I can. They lost to the Royal Hawks. But Perth have figured it out. They've got the absolute right formula for them to guarantee victory. They're defending. They got the scoring hierarchy worked out perfectly. So I got them right there side by side. There's, there's no, not a lot between them, and there's going to be even less between them as we go throughout the season. It's uh, such a fascinating race at the top. It's been Melbourne and distance for most of the most of the field, and now they've turned into the straight. And you wouldn't say Melbourne are going backwards by any stretch, but the you know there's just a couple of uh, couple of thoroughbreds starting to make up some ground on uh, on Melbourne United. We'll work down the table sort of in ladder order here as we go. Um, Tassie got exactly what it needed out of the weekend, so a big win over Melbourne United. Um, that game probably didn't mean as much to United as it did to Tassie, but uh, they needed to bounce back. They did it in a big way. Their defense looked great, and uh, your man Jordan Crawford returned to form. Yes, he did. The little big man. I saw. I could see him bouncing back in the warmups. I said, "This dude has got his swagger back now." And like I said earlier, they were struggling because their backcourt was struggling. And I thought Jordan Crawford couldn't quite find a balance between being that dude and also being a member of the Jackie Way. And I thought he really found that balance in that game against the United. 25 very nice points led the way. And did that game mean a whole lot to the Melbourne United? Yes and no. Dean don't like taking L's. United do not like taking L's. And don't forget, they just came back from New Zealand with a great win. So now they roll into Tassie, and Tassie said, no, 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 no. We're not having none of this. Will Magnay got off to a slow start, but then just played some impactful basketball. Jack McVeigh is just quietly flying under the radar, and they all picking their spots. I'm liking the addition of, of, of Vodanovic, but like I said, that game all started with Jordan Crawford getting his swagger back. It's such a big thing if Tazzy can uh, can recapture that and keep it rolling. They're going to be a real force down down the stretch because we know that they they're just they're hard to play no matter where or when it is. Uh, the Brisbane Bullets had a mixed weekend that ended up being good for them, so they go over to Perth and get roundly thumped. They were down forty nine nineteen sort of midway through the second quarter, and you knew that it wasn't going to happen. They fought their way back to eleven points in that third quarter and. Got absolutely, and Perth just ran the score up from there, basically. And then uh, Sunday, they go up to Cairns. The battles between these two teams have gone either way and been close throughout the year, and they really laid one down on the Snakes. And this is what happens. This was good to see how teams respond. Because like we've said before, adversity is coming for everybody. And how you respond to it will dictate what kind of season you're going to have, and it will also reveal your team's true character. So, yes, Brisbane went to Perth and ran into that buzzsaw, into that avalanche. They bounced back. They came, they went to Cairns, and they took care of business. And I'm talking about from a collective point of view. They still had Casey Prather 
kind of, you know, trying to round himself into something that looks like some form. Not quite sure. They welcome back Josh Bannon, who is who is very serviceable, but they just knuckle down. They just knuckle down and they defend. That's the one thing about those guys. Regardless of how Sobe is playing offensively, this team can still generate enough points through their defense to make things very difficult for you. And for that reason, JP, Justin Schuler has got to be a serious consideration for coach of the year. Now, I see our man Corey's tweet about, is it John really or is it Dean Vickerman? And I get it. But let's not forget. Do you know the Brisbane Bullets had three coaches last season? They were selling tickets to a circus. Nissan Arenas had a big tent. There was clowns all over the place. Little bitty cars with like 15 people jumping out of the cars. Justin Stewart turned that place totally around. And if we're going to talk about Coach of the Year and don't mention him, we're kidding ourselves. That's a uh, that's a that's quite the mental picture with uh, Nissan Arena with the big tent over the top and the, the starting lineups just jumping out of the mini or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's I mean, it, and the fact is that they keep so they win without Sobe uh, last week. So going back to to round fifteen, they win without Sobe, and then they get it done without Bannon, and then they go to Perth and they get waxed. And and as you say, they bounce back. They keep they keep just coming back and having an answer. Um, for the first time all season, they didn't actually get a consecutive streak of games either won or lost. They actually sort of were able to turn their form around a little bit quicker. So, yeah, Justin Shuler is going to be in the thick of that conversation. It's going to be a fascinating one. Um, the Sydney Kings, you've still got a bit of a question mark over them and, and their performances, uh, a loss on Sunday. Uh, what do you make of the Kings and where they're at? Man, Joe, the Sydney Kings, I'm looking at them with the side eye. And to quote... And to quote the, 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 the philosopher from Marcy Projects, Jay-Z, we don't believe you. You need more people. I do not believe the Sydney Kings. I don't believe they have 100% bought in to what Coach Mahmoud Abdul-Fatah is selling. There's a disconnect. I'm feeling it. I could be wrong, but what I'm watching, I'm seeing way too much inconsistency from key guys. So that tells me that something ain't quite right. Now, the young fella, Alex Tui, don't know what's happened to him. He's young. He he gets a pass. As much as I don't like giving out passes, he's young. But guys like Denzel Valentine, how come I get a good, one good game and then an average game? It's up and down. Yes, they had to play without Jonah Bolden, which, which hurt them, I think. They need Jonah uh, moving forward. But Jalen Adams... He was, he was brilliant, but why does he only play 28 minutes a game? He was having a blinder. This don't make any sense to me. Here's Bryce Cotton, who will not come out of the game unless it's over. And I mean over, over, like there's no more time left in the game. But yet, Jalen can't play 32, 34 minutes a game. He's getting subbed in and out at the wrong times. And I think when that happens, I think that sends a message to the group did I already think is a little shaky, Joe, in their belief of, like I said, of, of what the coach is selling. So I got a bunch of question marks with those guys on their day. Yes, they can beat anybody, but they're not consistent, nowhere near consistent enough to be taken too seriously. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, single header. They came off plenty of rest. They got plenty of rest after it, and uh, and still, 
Yeah, that substitution pattern seemed a little bit strange. Their cross-state rivals, the Illawarra Hawks, were flying high. And uh, Liam said on uh, on our Friday episode in our weekend headlines that uh, they might have their wings clipped. And uh, by golly, did they. Uh, so they lost a couple. Gary Clark got injured. Justin Robinson was 0 of 13 across the course of the weekend. And all of a sudden, there's some uh, there's some question marks around the Hawkies. Wow. Yes, they have crashed down to earth. The old Hawks' wings have been clipped. Three losses in a row. Now, this is where Justin Tatum, here's your test. You thought that was the test just taking over those zombies earlier on and, and transforming them into a, a nice playing group? Well, guess what? Here's three L's in a row. La, la, la. <laughs> now you got to find out, is this team really, really, what they really about? Now we find out. Justin Robinson is one of the biggest slumps of all time. To quote my old mate Adam Caporn, he said once, he couldn't hit the side of a barn with a frozen chicken. <laughs> that is some serious brick shooting. Poor old Justin Robinson can't turn a trick right now, but he's going to have to dig deep and find something because that team still needs him. And they can't afford Gary Clark to miss any more games, to miss any more minutes. If his knee complaint is going to be trouble, troublesome throughout the court for the rest of the season, they, they got some big issues. And I'm throwing down another challenge to Sam Frawling. Be better, man. You're already good. Don't be satisfied with good. This team needs you to be great. 15 and 8, that is no, that's not enough. We need some 25s and 15s out of Sam Frawling moving forward. So the, the Hawks got some issues right now. Yeah, and, and you're right. The, the challenge is here. The moment is now for Justin Tatum and that team to try and bounce back and see what they can do to, to fight their way out of a slump. team that has fought their way out of an almighty slump is the Adelaide 36ers, who are now off the bottom of the table. Will they make the play in, Damon? Oof. They can, but I don't think they will. And full credit to Scott Ninnis in the 36ers, seriously, because – it's enough to carry the stigma in the stench of being on the bottom of the ladder. They got off the bottom, and they did it by going on the road. They went and played. <laughs> they went to Melbourne, and even though the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix don't quite play in the NBL no more, they still went there and beat them senseless, beat them like they stole something, then went to Illawarra and handed them a nice L. Full credit to the 36ers. And Isaac Humphreys, who is the, playing the best basketball of any big man in the league right now, in my opinion. So the 36ers, they got some more wins left in them. I think they're going to go to Cairns or they play Cairns. I think I can't remember where they're playing at, but they got Cairns and they owe them one. So they got a couple more wins left in them. And Scott Ninnis is doing a great job, even though his organization have totally disrespected him by talking about Brian Gorgian while he's still on the job. I just had to slip that in, Joe, because I didn't like it. But credit to the 36ers. Yep, they've got uh, they've got cans in Adelaide on Saturday. And the way that the Adelaide crowds have been trending this season, there'll be about 35,000 people at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. The whole state of South Australia will be in there and they'll be uh, they'll be rooting for their team. Uh, Damon, uh, I'm not sure there's anyone that you didn't quote in today's episode. You're yeah. absolutely on fire. Great uh, chatting hoops with you and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. Can't wait. Take it easy, man.
NBL champion Damon Lowry with us this morning. Thanks for your company on NBL Now. Plenty more coming throughout the week.